housed within the Environmental Conservation Lab in Treaty 1 territory, you're listening to the Acuan Podcast. This is episode 3, titled Mino Bema which translates to well-being in an Anishinaabe Moen. In this episode, our guest host, Bobby, will focus on Indigenous health during COVID-19 and speak with a member of the Navajo Nation. This episode is titled, Health. We will be looking into the early impacts and responses of COVID-19 from Navajo Nation from an interview held at the beginning of the pandemic. Hi everyone, so my name is Bobby Mangeli. I am a student at the University of Manitoba studying environmental science. I am from Nairobi, Kenya and currently live and work and school in Winnipeg the original homelands of the Anishinaabe, Cree, and Dene peoples. Living in Winnipeg right now, it's a bit surreal. The past few months have been very strange. We are currently under the phase one of the provincial reopening plan. A few restaurants and public spaces are open at half capacity. Phase two is set to begin next Monday, June 8th, where a few more service categories will reopen or expand. So thanks for tuning in. I am excited about this episode. Just a quick recap. During the first episode, we looked at land-based education through the Kiskin Hamakewin program. So the interview we'll be looking at today was conducted by Steph McLaughlin, a professor here at the University of Manitoba. He recently received a grant for research work looking into Indigenous experiences around COVID-19 and enhancing community support to make Indigenous concerns of the pandemic more evident. Also conducting it was Mile Ballard, an Anishinaabe woman from Lake St. Martin First Nation, and an assistant professor, Indigenous scholar in the Department of Chemistry at the University of Manitoba. They both interviewed Ron Harvey, one of the pastors on the Navajo Nation with the Rock Christian Center Place. So just a quick introduction to the place we will be speaking about. Navajo Nation is on 24,000 square miles. That's roughly the size of the state of West Virginia. It has a population of approximately 350,000. 40 to 50,000 members of the Navajo Nation are outside the borders in Phoenix, Los Angeles, Salt Lake City, Albuquerque, and around the sub-cities of the nation. So we're starting from the beginning in mid-March, looking at the first few cases in the community from Ron Harvey. Uh, It really hit probably about two weeks ago. I remember two weeks ago on a Monday, the president said that, uh, you know, there was no case on the Navajo Nation. And but it was all around our nation. We prayed and um, uh, and then. Within about a week's time, uh, the, the first case came up, kind of like dead center of the Navajo Nation, a uh, place called Chichimbitwa. Um And um, out of that, um, one case came up, and, and then the next day, two cases came up. And out of those two, um, from that time, which is about like a week and a half ago, to today, actually this morning, um, 49 cases uh, confirmed 
on the Navajo Nation right now. As it stands now, Navajo Nation surpasses New York State for the highest COVID-19 infection rate in the U.S. One of the impacts of COVID-19 is that the Navajo Nation has one of the strictest lockdown measures in the country. In a lockdown right now, all of the uh, Navajo Nation employees are not working. All of the schools are shut down. Restaurants are shut down. We only have two stores that are open. Gallup, New Mexico, which is a 30-minute drive from here, is our main town uh, where we get all of our stuff. Walmart and all that is there. All of the restaurants are shut down. All the businesses, most of them are shut down, except for Walmart, which was 24 hours, now shuts down at 8 o'clock in the evening. Right now, today, or yesterday, actually, they set up a roadblock, and our Navajo Nation president, vice president, and uh, staff are, were out there and informing people as they came by, stay home, stay home. Navajo Nation president came on the radio, media, social media, newspaper, Facebook, any type, any any means of media to get the word out that this is a very dangerous virus that's hit the nation. And uh, 49 uh, cases, and that's 49 is way too many. You know, our Navajo Nation president said that um, stay home, please stay home. Yeah, so that that that's how we are responding to this um, um, virus. You know, uh, we can't combat it with any vaccine right now. We can't we can't uh, combat it with. Uh, traditional herbs or or anything like that you know this is something that's uh new that has come against all of us as people people of all race groups the world actually you know the best thing to do is stay home best thing to do is not to go out if you don't need to be out there don't go out man don't don't be out there you know <laughs> uh, you're just hurting the cause to stop this thing that that that's the word that we're putting out right now no any type of gathering no church service revival service conferences any type of religious services uh, and that goes for ceremonial traditional cultural events um, just don't do it working with the lockdown information is a targeted information spread to various groups within the community this virus has really come into our nation and doing everything that we can. I know with Office of President and Vice President and, and we're doing what we can to uh, get the word out that this is a very dangerous virus that's happening right now. Language has played a huge role in spreading information about COVID-19 within the community. The elderly in particular, who are the most vulnerable to infection, have had the richness of the language used to their benefit. What might have gotten lost in English translations has been expanded upon, encouraging the older adults to take additional precautions. Well, I was telling one of the ladies that yesterday that, that she didn't really understand, so I had to explain it in Navajo carefully to her what was happening. 
And afterwards she says, oh, my gosh, I didn't really know that. How many more people are like that, you know? One of the things that the Navajo um, kind of put a title to it is uh, it's called the Kostnitsagi. Uh, and, and, and then 19, that, that just kind of simply says, uh, um, kind of translate it as a, uh, a, um, pneumonia type or a big cough. So it kind of translates like that. It doesn't really translate it as a dangerous virus. And it's kind of hard to put that in Navajo as well. You know, I don't know. It's probably like that too in Cree. You know, to actually put it in in a okay. So this is a very dangerous virus that we're dealing with. So in Navajo, it's like that. So it's just kind of out there saying this is a big, big cough, a big flu that's happening. An elderly Navajo would just think, oh, you know, eh, it's just a it's just a big flu going around, and so they don't really understand. This is a killer, you know, this is a killing virus. And so this is what I was telling um, the elderly yesterday that uh, what they're talking about is uh, this virus comes in and it attaches to you. And it goes once it goes in your lungs and then it attaches to the lungs and it's like pneumonia and uh your respiratory is affected, and this is how people die. This is uh, not like a not, not, this is kind of like pneumonia, but to the extreme. And so I was telling her this kind of in a um, slower voice or a slower understanding that this right here is something that it, it will affect the whole nation. And I was telling her. And see, the thing about this is a lot of Navajos, they don't have satellite. They don't have Internet. They don't have, you know, I was telling her that this is worldwide. It's it's happening in it's happening in the UK, Italy, Spain, Africa. Uh, it's happening in the United States, China. Uh, and this is how many people died in these places. And she was saying, oh, my, I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I think if you would explain to the people, whether it be Navajo, Hopi, whether it be Cree, Sioux, whatever language, uh, I know that the native language is a little deeper than than just saying it in English, you know. And, and I know that's the case for, for us. To explain it in Navajo is, uh, it goes deeper than what the English language is saying. And to explain that to our people, that they may understand that. And so, um, that's, that, that, that's what I was telling her the other day. And, and she just, she just simply said, son, I didn't know that. Now I know. How do you reach out to all them? The elderly I was talking to, she said, you know what? I don't have Facebook. I have a phone, but that's all I have. Yeah. How do you reach out to the elderly? How do you reach out to them? And there are thousands and thousands and thousands that are out there. 
and I think that if we could just take the time and go out to our grandmas, grandpas, those ones that don't really have the the technology that we have, our computer phones, or for us, we're on this every single day, you know, almost every single minute, checking Facebook and emails and stuff like that, you know. But for them, they have nothing. The only means that they probably have is radio. And uh, I know that the radio is uh, the only means that the, our president has been on. Even then, I think it needs to be explained a little bit deeper for them to. Just like last night, they had a they had a they had a, a quorum uh, on our Navonition um, radio, which reaches four hundred thousand people, you know, half a million people. I didn't get a chance to listen, but um, if it's explained in Navajo at an elderly level, not just throw it out there, but at an elderly level and say, this is what's happening. I think that might be the only way to reach them. We've spoken a lot this episode about different things. We spoke about the early days of COVID-19 on Navajo Nation. We spoke about the strategy to lock down the community. We also spoke about the communication with general members of the community as well as elderly in the community. We spoke about the role of language in health outcomes in this community. The situation in Navajo Nation has become more dire since the recording of that interview. However, one thing remains the same. The community members are hopeful that things will get better. They are also trying their best to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 within the community, despite the statistics. Thank you for joining me in this episode. This is me signing out now. I'll hand it over to Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. You've reached the end of the Acuon podcast. We'd like to thank UMFM 101.5 for hosting the show, to Bobby for hosting episode three, and to you for tuning in. Our next episode will be available for your listening pleasure on June 15th and will focus.